So I'm finally going to pass you back the torch after giving it to me last week and having too much pressure on me. Mm-hmm. So here's the torch. You have it back. You are back to being Stephen number one. Thank you. Uh, last week's episode was fucking amazing. Thank you for giving me that opportunity. Thank you for making me get all that shit I needed to get off my chest. Thank you for making me give you my top 10 hip-hop artists, rappers, whatever you want to call it, MCs of all time. That beer tastes like shit? Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> really? You're looking at the glass like there's something in it. Mm. Or is it just the taste is sour? Mm-mm. When I was pouring it and it kept coming up. There's probably a reason. Yeah. Tastes like piss. It's fine. Hmm. Uh, but it's not the way it should be. 100% not the way it should be. Really? No. So there's a very important uh, top that yeah. I, that I want to just give out. Yeah, do it. Uh, Each One Teach One podcast mm-hmm. gave me his top. We know his five, his first five, because we did the live together. But to yep. all the people that didn't make the live, here is his top 10. A very important list. So big shout out to him. Are they ranked? Uh, yes, they are ranked. Okay. Maybe not. I'm going to go. So mm-hmm. uh, we'll start from 10 to number one. Cameron. Okay. Big Pun. Jadakiss, which I'm very happy he put on. That's cool, yeah. Uh, nobody, nobody put Jadakiss. Eh? Nobody put Jadakiss. Very underrated. Nobody put Big Pun either. Uh, Malenko put okay. Big Pun. Uh, Notorious B.I.G. Okay. Nas. Okay. 50 Cent. Lil Wayne. DMX. Jay-Z. And Tupac. Nice. Uh, honorable mentions as well. Very yeah. important. Method Man, Prodigy, Rick Ross. He's a huge Rick yeah, Ross fan. So uh, I just wanted to give him the limelight and because uh, it's a very important one, especially that he's a hip-hop connoisseur yeah, yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. So uh, shout out to each one, teach one podcast. Thank you for your top 10. Yeah, thanks for that. Let's start off this episode. Friday, October 2nd, this is going to be, uh, this is a Radiohead Kid A 20th anniversary episode. Yeah. We're very excited to do this. But before we do that, uh, we got to start with bad news. It's not actually October 2nd. We're recording this. Beforehand, and Right before. Yeah. Uh, for those of you that live in the Montreal area, uh, we are now considered a red zone for COVID-19. Mm-hmm. So as of. Tomorrow, October 1st, everyone should be in 28-day confinement. Yeah, should be. Should be. So um, we have to unfortunately put this on pause again. Yep, 28 days of being on on pause. Yeah. And not the dipset uh, pause, it's the other pause. It really sucks because we were gaining momentum. Yeah. When we came back with the merch and the new... It just seemed to be going quite well for us. Yeah. We don't want to do this. at. Uh, we don't want to record at a distance because this is where we have the best talks. Chemistry. And we want to give you guys something good. So we're going to have to put it on pause. 
Look, it's 28 days. If you haven't listened to some episodes, now is your time to catch, catch up. up. Uh, we had a, a lot of shit planned out for you guys. Yeah. Uh, I guess that's the way it is. Just if I could just say something before you continue, just I just want to say one thing yeah. before you do this. <laughs> when we come back, we're coming back with a big episode. Yeah. On the on October thirtieth. Yeah. It, it there were things in between. It's Stanconia twenty. Yeah. From Outcast. So we're doing what we're gonna do today. The Radiohead dissected or Radiohead ranked or whatever you want to Radiohead catalog fucking thing we're gonna do with outcast when we come back so it's gonna be back-to-back episodes of that but we had other things planned and we can't get to them unfortunately so stay in your house fucking abide by the rules wear a mask it's not difficult it's not it's it's not rocket science just fucking wear a mask do your part if you're gonna complain about wearing a mask there's other things in life that you should be complaining about not about wearing a mask because it's it's to protect yourself and to protect the people around you. Now, a lot of people's lives need to be put on pause on the side for stupidity. Yep. So I think I know the listeners that we have. I want to. Yeah, I, 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 I think our listeners are smart enough to have already been doing this. But if you're not seriously. Like just use your fucking head. And I'm saying it that people, way. People, people are people are struggling. We had plans. We wanted to do crewnecks. We want to make merch. Yeah. Have 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 new things coming, and we have to put everything on pause. Businesses are struggling. It's really serious. Families can't be together. Can't have my Our son's kids fifth can't birthday. see their their grandparents. Like there are people are paying for for if you're fucking around. Yeah. I can go crazy on this, but I'm not going to because I'm trying to be kind of. The other thing too is is uh, at least correct. at least for for I speak for Montreal. Yes, you're right. It doesn't make sense that you can't visit family, but that you can go to the mall because the mall is open. Use your common sense. If you can't be seeing family, you shouldn't be going to the mall. Good way of putting it. Good way of fucking putting this it. This is the thing. Complain about the rules that are set up, and hey, common sense is first. If you shouldn't be doing. XYZ, you shouldn't be doing ABC. It's good that you know your alphabet. <laughs> I said them backwards. But fuck it. We'll be back. Uh, thank you for sticking with us as always. Yeah, guys, thanks a lot. It sucks, but don't stop listening to us, please. We've been really yeah, yeah, we're putting on point, a lot like, into this and we love what we're doing. So Yeah, big things coming, big things popping. Yeah. I'm excited for something. Now that we're off the Bovid what? talk, new releases. I'm oh, excited about uh, two things. West Coast Gun. <laughs> Very <laughs> excited because I, I, you know what? You guys are super lucky. Yeah, let's talk new releases. Let's talk new releases. Uh, on my on my agenda, there is the Smoke Dizza, Homegrown, okay. uh, YG, My Life 400. That's not. Uh, that's today. Yes. Now we're back to October second. Yes, we're, do that. we're okay. back to October second. So these are the new releases for October second. There is uh, Twenty One Savage and Metro Boomin. That could be fun. Savage Mode that could 2. Be fun. That was, uh, what, so, yeah, that could be a lot of fun. Uh, I heard a snippet of a song and it sounded very... I pushed the album on you. Yes, you did. Yeah, that was good. I still don't love it. It's fun. It's an easy but album, it's, right? It's, it's an easy album. I'm, I'm, I want to see what they could do with the second one. Uh, and, drumroll please, finally, West Side Gun. Finally. 
who week. made the sunshine. Every week we have new West Side Gun. And to all the listeners, you guys are fucking lucky because if we were going to record... To all the listeners, to your fucking co-hosts. And to my co-hosts, did you see the fucking track listing? I did, I did. Come I did. on, I did. Busta Rhymes, Slick Rick, two times. I didn't even see Busta Rhymes. I saw Slick Rick once and I was like, oh, cool. Slick Rick twice. Uh, the usual people that are on it. Black Thought. You know, I'm I'm fucking excited. Uh, Beat Butcher, Alchemist, Alchemist. There's a lot of people. You guys are lucky that I cannot talk about this, but get ready before our Outcast episode. I will talk about it, or I might do something stupid and film me doing a review of it and post it. Um, anything else? I don't want to cut you off on your no, side. Uh, no, on you. Uh, my new release for this week is Matt Berninger, Serpentine Prison, singer of the National debut solo album. Hmm. Very exciting. We could quickly talk about next week's new releases because we're not going to be doing this next week. Future Islands, as long as, as long as you are, um, that could be good. Mets have a new album, Atlas Vending. The week after, because we're also still going to be off. Kevin Morby, Sundowner, could be an interesting release. There's one for me, the ninth. There's supposed to be a Juicy J album coming out. Is that actually for real? Bo. Um, um, the Hustle Continues. And then on October 23rd, actually October 23rd has good releases. Uh, Adrian Lenker from Big Thief has an, has an album coming out. Bruce Springsteen's new album, Letter to You, comes out. Fuzz has an album coming out. Jeff Tweedy has an album coming out. Jeff Tweedy of Wilco. Wow. Love is the King. John Frusciante from the Chili Peppers has an electronic album coming out. I don't care for it. You don't like his electronic stuff, do you? If you would listen to it, you would understand why <laughs> many people don't. Does he still take a lot of drugs? No. No? No. He's clean. Fuck, there was something else that was coming out. Check. No, it's. I'm going to probably forget. Anyways, there's something else coming out the ninth. Sorry if I don't mention it. But, uh Yeah. Super excited for the new releases. I think that'll hold us together and make us not uh, go totally insane. Hmm. So let's I, let's start our episode off with what we're here to do. Yeah. This, so, is, this is big, but it's in your hands and I will just follow and talk. All right, cool. So um, it's a Radiohead Kid A 20th anniversary today, October 2nd. Bun fight. Happy birthday. Um, we're going to cover the whole catalog. Because I wouldn't want to have, I mean, part of it, to be fair, is I don't think you have an episode's worth of Kid A to talk about. Absolutely not. But So um, we're going to do the catalog. Yeah, and I'm super happy. Yeah. Um, we're very much aware that there are tons of evaluations, breakdowns, analogies, interpretations of Radiohead you could listen to. If you're looking for something extremely intelligent and you want us to go way into detail about Radiohead albums... You, you might not get that. No. We're keeping the all-time recipe for this. Yep. Um, we're not going to tell you about how we cried at a Radiohead concert, because there are tons of people that can do that. They cry? People, are, people say ridiculous things after seeing Radiohead live. They put on a great show. Fuck, I had a great time with my cousin. Yeah. We're not going to tell you uh, to listen to OK Computer and In Rainbows intertwined for a secret message. Because that's a theory that... Oh, there's a theory for that. 
There are plenty of theories. Jesus Christ. We're not going to be technical on the music theory and time signatures behind the songs. A lot of the times, they're a lot more simpler than many people make them out to be. Radiohead makes great music. Agreed. It's not as calculated as you think. This extra level of deepness everyone gives Radiohead's existence is not for us. No, and you know what? I've read a lot about like Radiohead and like what you're talking about right now. But when you listen to them, you discover that it's not as fucking... And they've, they've also expressed that. Of course. This isn't as deep as people are making it no. out to be. So, look, this is our take on an excellent catalog of well-written music. And I got to say, I had a fucking amazing time. You did? Yeah, because I dug deeper than I usually do. Yeah. And I understood more things while, while I was listening to it. And then I found what I really like in the band Radiohead. Yeah, it's good because there's a Radiohead for everyone if you do it. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to spend too much time on like band history. No. But real quick, Radiohead are an English band formed in 85, 1985. They were originally named on a Friday. That was a reference to the band's practice day. Uh, at EMI's request, when they signed the band in 1991, they requested they change the band name. They chose Radiohead. That's a reference to a song, Radiohead, from the Talking Heads on their 1986 album, True Stories. I love learning. So, Tom York is their vocalist. He plays pianos, keys. He's one of the three guitarists as well. Johnny Greenwood, Ed O'Brien are the other guitar players in the band. Uh, Johnny also contributes to keys, other instruments. Colin Greenwood, Johnny's older brother, plays bass for the band. And Philip Selway plays, plays drums. There has never been a lineup change in Radiohead's 35 That's years crazy. Existence. That was my question. Never once. Um, they've been dedicated to working with Nigel Godrich as of 94. So first as an audio engineer on the bends and as a producer for all albums as of OK Computer. Wow. Um, there's no Radiohead without this guy. His production is makes Radiohead what they are. He's also a member of Tom York's solo projects. He tours with Tom York often as a musician as well on Tom York's solo stuff. And in 2011, Clive Deemer began touring with Radiohead as a second drummer and percussionist. He's the only touring member Radiohead has to this day. Brilliant band to see live. Yeah. Fucking fun. You might have a seizure, but it's fucking fun. And just for everybody to know, I've seen them twice. Very cool. Live. Very cool. Once together. Once together. Yeah. That you kept looking at me and asking me if I was, I was okay. I was okay. <laughs> for some, I don't know why. I was fucking having a great time. It was actually I for my birthday. I, it's true. I'm, yeah. Yeah. I remember having, was it I got you the ticket? Because uh, you said you wanted to go? Could it it be? was for the King of Limbs tour. Yeah. No, you said, hey, I'm getting... Radiohead tickets, do you want to go? And I remember I was I was still living at my parents' house, and I said, yes, get me tickets. And we went, and the whole time I was afraid that you were having the worst time possible. I was having the best time. We had a good time. We had a good a time, time. And, I, and that concert was done so well because it sounded like they were just jamming. A lot of... Okay, so that's a very interesting point, but the King of Limbs tour was so much better than... The, seeing King of Limbs songs live was... 
so much better than the King of Limbs on album. Yeah, but I want to talk about that when we get yeah, to we that. So get let's there. wait to that shit. So 91, Radiohead signs to EMI. In 92, they released their debut single, Creep. Massive success worldwide after the release of that song. Um, off their album. That came off their album, Pablo Honey. Debut album in 93. Uh, to this day, very frowned upon album. An album that not many people give love to. I want to say because of what came after. The Radiohead fan base exploded after the second album. And at this point in music, especially in the UK, Britpop was at a peak. Bands like Blur were releasing their Park Life, Pulp, Different Class. The big Britpop albums were coming out around this time. That Pablo Honey comes out. The single charts really high, does really well. But in terms of a critical commercial impact, this was a failure. But was it supposed to be that impactful, like where it has commercial success? Because when so, you because when you listen to the album, and a lot of people told me that's their worst album. Yeah. While I was listening to it, I understood why. But at the same time, it's the beginning of the band, so they got they got to go through their motions. But you hear the essence of Radiohead in it. You do, and that's a very interesting point to, that you bring out because it's tracks like the the opening song, "You," the the song "Creep," not one of my favorites, but it's a fine song. Stop whispering. Anyone can play guitar. There are signs of Radiohead to come. Yeah. The thing is that UK music at this point in time was very Britpop oriented. The Oasis's were charting. Blur was charting. Again, Pulp was a big deal. Pulp is so... It's a band that unless you know music, you don't know about Pulp. Yeah. So for reasons like that and those type of bands that were in their prime, this kind of got buried, I think. I wasn't there to live it, but I'm comparing those albums to this. Those, because of the times that they came out. Exactly. In. They came out in 94, 95, in that area, right after this came out, let's say. I, before we continue with the album, what are Radiohead's influences? What bands? Oh. Because that's, that's key also. I never really do like, I never really dive into like what they were inspired by. They seem to be music heads. They seem to have a knowledge of music in general. I mean, I don't... Because usually, like, when you start off, you need to find your rhythm. You kind of you, you kind of feed off your influences and then find your own sound towards the second or the third album. Yeah. So, and, and, and I enjoyed this album a lot because I found it was very alternative. But again, the essence of Radiohead, you heard it in different songs. And... It's kind of it's it, it, it's it's more towards that rock side. Pixies, it, The Smiths, Happy Mondays, Fleetwood Mac. These are these are bands that I'm pulling out of bands they've mentioned, liking in interviews and shit. Heavy riffs. Yeah, you're not used to it. There's, a, you, there's a now that I'm seeing Pixies. There's a very Pixies rawness. But you see what you, you get? What, yeah. Why I asked for their influences? Yeah. Uh, Creep is an okay song to me. Yeah. The rest of the album sounds way better than the song Creep. I'm going to tell you that right now, for sure. A lot of it does. I think the other songs I mentioned, like you and everyone can play yeah. guitar. Or, or but a lot of people that listen to Radiohead and maybe not their most intense fans. But like, if you start off with like other albums from their catalog and you go back to this album, or you'll listen to this album last, you'll be like, eh, 
I, you're not going to you like it. You see why it's not. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But if you start off with this and you were there when it came out, then you're just like, okay, there's more to this band. There's more to come. And then you hear it right away after. What would you give this album on 10? Uh, six. Oh, okay. Yeah. Again, I'm rating, right? I don't listen no, no, to no, a no, lot of that fine. style no, of no, music. No, I, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. But a six because of what's to come. So I give it a seven. Okay. So you said I think Whoa. it's a great rock album. This album reminds me very much of, again, they're coming up, the last Beatles album. It's bad in the Beatles catalog. But as a rock album, Pablo Honey's a very good album. It holds up. Yeah. I like this album a lot. In rock and alternative. Again, the heavy riffs. alternative, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the way they integrate that sound that Radiohead has with that hard That's it. rock sound. And what I find, the guitar riffs. Yeah. And what I find cool on this album is we don't know what's to come yet. It's heavy. So when you get those Radiohead moments that yeah. we're calling them, they catch you off guard. Yeah. They're surprising. Because it it's mixed. That's it. It's like a it's like a so Sorry, I gave it six on ten again. No, no. I mean, look, I, th- this is the fun of doing this, yeah. is, is hearing you. Um, I love the cover though. I think the cover is the amazing. Ninety four, they begin working on their next album, The Bends. Uh, producer John Leckie produced this. Um, there was a lot of expectations for this album. Mm-hmm. You got a hit in Creep. We want more music. EMI wants more music from you. And then what they got. Put out, put out, right. But tensions were high re- recording this album. They didn't know what to do with it. They were kind of expected to put out another hit. Um, there are hits on this song. Fake Plastic Trees, High and Dry. Incredible songs. That's that's funny you say that because those are two of my favorite songs on the album. They're incredible singles. I like the way this album starts off as well. Yeah, it's already more. Yeah, it's more rock. It's more. Yeah, Radiohead. But, let's say. But I find it takes you right away away from what they what they started with. It's immediately more mature. Yeah. So so you're listening to Pablo Honey, and then you go into the bends, and you're just like, oh, okay. I understood what they were trying to do with their first one, but they steered completely away from it. But again, on this album, you start hearing, you still have those guitar riffs. You still have oh, that. Yeah, he- sure. You this still is have a guitar rock album. Yeah, you still have that heavy essence into it. Yeah. But they came out of something like they they don't sound. It's like two different albums completely. I find. I also yeah I can see what you're saying. With you that. know what I mean? And again, I'm I'm coming from the outside, but like there's some really good things that happen on this, and you could hear that. Hey, this is what we're going to sound like. Yeah. Um, important to mention that, again, they were considered like Britpop failures, so to speak. This album is when they first started touring out of the UK. So they went to Europe, they went to the US, they opened for bands like, well, they opened for R.E.M., who was massive at the time. That was probably also one of their influences. I mean, R.E.M.'s music and Radiohead's music at this point so far are very similar. Um, I think as a second album, yeah, definitely like they got more critical acclaim for sure. Maybe they didn't have the big hit, but the Benz is definitely a step above Pablo Honey. I don't want to call it their Brit, their successful Brit pop album, but in many ways it does kind of have that tone. Tracks like Just, Street Spirit, the outro, Black Star. I mean, I don't want to, I, I really don't want to call it their Britpop album, but this to me is as good as any of the Oasis albums. 
if not better, even than some of the Blur albums. The Benz is incredible. When, when I was listening to this, I was like, yeah, I find it, you know, like a lot of people say they get better towards OK Computer, Kid A, but I enjoyed the fuck out of this album. I was like, wow, this is great music. This is well put together for a second album. It's easy. It's e It's easy for what's to come. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. You say easy listening. So if you like, if somebody's like, hey, I want to, I want to get into Radiohead, what should I listen to? I would rather give them the bends first than give them OK Computer or Kid A. Wow. Explain. You just said it. Easier listening. But does because it... Re- you, because, we're, and we're going to talk about it when we get into Kid A and OK Computer. But you need like, like that's a certain mood. That's like a certain way of listening to music when you get into those albums. You get what you yeah. get what, what I'm trying to say? And what I liked about this is when I listened to this album a couple of days ago, it was rainy as shit. Mm-hmm. The leaves were changing. And you could feel that it was the right time to listen to it. Yeah. You, you can't listen to this in the winter. You know what for I mean? For sure, for sure. You know, like I see I see what you're saying, but as somebody who knows the catalog well, I wouldn't give this to somebody who wants to get into Radiohead. Really? Because, yeah, because it doesn't promise you more of this to come. For me, there are other albums I think you should start with to get into them and understand the general overall Radiohead sound. But if I give somebody an album like The Benz to start and they like it, there's nothing else like it. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Whereas if you give somebody The OK Computer, which we're going to talk about next, it's an album that listening to The Benz, you could see similarities. And listening to Kid A, you could see similarities. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So the Benz is kind of just this, although it follows Pablo Honey and is a more mature, I still see it as an album on its own. Okay. And it kind of, I don't know how to say it, but when you listen to it, the way it starts and the way it ends with the street spirit fade out, the sad song, it kind of leads you into what they're trending to next. So it's just really for this body of work, I say. Okay. Do we go, uh, what's your score on uh, the Benz? Seven. Seven. Yeah. I'll give the Benz an eight. I really like the Benz. The Benz was an album I didn't like for a long time. We spoke about that by via text. Yeah, it was an album that took a lot of listening, a lot of growing, and it's something that I would say up until my late 20s, I was so fucking stubborn about liking this album. It's super mature. You said it. It's Yeah. It's, it's maybe, yeah. It's more mature than Pablo Honey, but I was, I don't know why. I just, I was so fixed on the experimental stuff and I was like, this is too easy. And now I love it for being easy. Yeah. And some, and you said it, you said it perfectly for me and I'm always going to want to go with the here, start with this before you get into the technical, you know what I mean? Yeah. Have an easier listening and you'll hear what's to come. Yeah. It like it's like a fade into what's gonna come. So next, how many years after? So how many years after? The Benz releases in '95. OK Computer begins to get its work done in '95, and then it's released in '97. Um, but it's important. There's a very interesting thing to mention on the way to OK Computer. There was a War Child album, a charity album where the, the band that recorded the song Lucky for that compilation later found itself on 
um, OK Computer. There's a B-side talk show host that found itself on the Romeo and Juliet soundtrack for the, the Leonardo DiCaprio one. 96, before OK Computer releases, they go on another big tour with Alanis Morissette. She wow. was hot at the time. They opened for her. That's well. a weird... Times change. It's crazy. That's fucking weird. It's great. Yeah. I so, had no idea. I'm guessing this is her Jagged Little Pill tour. Her big album, 96. But I have no idea. Let's, but that's a weird, like... Actually, you know what bands Jagged Little Pill, 95. This was the tour. Because her next album was in 98. So they opened for her right when she was, like, right at the right time. And they're still opening up. Like, these guys are not they're headlining still not, anything. That's it. They're still kind of finding their place. Okay. Um, I wonder what people were thinking with the Benz. Well, it was a hit. It was a commercial success. It was not uh, not a commercial success, but it got critical acclaim. They weren't. They were no longer considered like the guys that wrote Creep. Like Creep was setting them up to be one-hit wonders in a way. That's crazy because people just want to hear Creep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so they started recording. Funny you mentioned this. I'm taking this right off the wiki page, by the way. The recording sessions for OK Computers, they were laid back. Unlike the bands, they were more relaxed, doing their own thing, taking their time. And uh, in different rooms, they'd, they'd listen to music for inspiration. Beatles, DJ Shadow, Ennio Morricone, Miles Davis are listed. In May 97, Radiohead releases OK Computer. That's their third album. Um, fucking imagine the jump. From Huge. you being a fan of the Benz or from Pablo Honey and the Benz and OK Computer comes on. As as a as a casual listener, what do you feel when you hear OK Computer when you start it? <laughs> and I'm going to be one of those people that are not huge fans, but listening to the music, I was like, fuck, this is Radiohead. This is the sound. This is what they're known for. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, this is... Like, was music really... Sounding like this in 97? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like these guys were making this sort of music that if I remember 97 and if I remember music of the 97, nothing sounds like OK Computer. It's very advanced. It's very advanced for its time. It showed that this band was ahead of their time. They started experimenting with sounds more than just guitars. A lot more instrumental on this. They definitely stepped it up. There's layers. There's there's fucking. It's crazy. The the sounds and the programming that's behind the the main instruments. You listen to it and you're just like, it doesn't feel so far back that it came out. You know what I mean? It's like more of. I find this more of like a two thousand mid two thousand sounding album. It's timeless. This album exactly. could have came out at any point in time. Yeah. It has that kind of, I find it has the characteristic of a concept album, definitely. It has a very paranoid theme, not to knock on Paranoid Android, the, one of the main Fucking songs of it. Great song. But it has great a song. very, um, it, has, it has that kind of, I don't want to say that, but like Pink Floyd, The Wall. Sound concept. Stick to your stick to your idea. Tell a story in your own way. Explain the 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 concept so people that have never heard this album or don't understand this album. Of OK Computer. Yes. I don't know the concept of this album. And you know what? And that's the reason why I asked you that. I don't know the concept of this. But album. that's why I asked you because me too, me too listening to it and hearing people say something like that. Yeah. I was just trying to figure it out. 
I find it to be a very, like I said again, very paranoid album. A very we're a very worried. There's this kind of overtone of like things are not good. One of, one of their biggest songs is on this album. Karma yeah, Police. Karma Police, great single. Uh, paranoid Android, we said it. I mean, the opening track, Airbag, is fucking incredible. One of my personal favorite songs, No Surprises. Some of the best yep. simple lyrics that fucking blow me away. Climbing Up the Walls. You're naming all these songs. Uh, I like the end of the album. Okay. Uh, Lucky? Yes, and uh, The Tourist. Okay. But what I like a lot about this album is his voice. Yeah, he becomes Tom York on this album. Fuck, his voice is amazing. It's that stretch of words, stretch of sentences, uh, the melodies, and it's so clean. It fits perfect with the sound of the music. Would you say this album defined a generation of music? A hundred ten percent. I think that this album, the next one, and going forward, inspired. You know what? A like seventy percent of most the music, of music to come. You know what? You know that because what he does with his voice, you hear it with today's artists. Yeah, that like singing that. It's grow. It's like moaning, kind of. It's, it, it's he's humming. You don't need to be a good singer. Yeah, and you're trying to figure out the lyrics of what he's saying, but the word is stretched out so much. You can't really. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. But I love that, and that's what brought me to like Radiohead so much, is that how the music sounds. It basically this is the way I see Radiohead, and you can shit on me for it. It sounds like like a climax. This album especially. Do you know what I mean? It's like, fuck, you're climbing a mountain and you're just like, it just, you're up there and then boom, you fall. That, that, what you just cheese said. Cheese ball. It's cheese ball no, what I'm what saying. No, but what you said about that reminds me so much of the music, uh, of, of, the, of the song Exit Music on this album, that but, slow acoustic song that just picks up. Yep. And then again, you get that part where the synths come in and it's yeah. layered and he's whining and, moan, uh, and moaning that kind of singing that you're saying. And like, like once the drums just take off, it's like fucking the world caves in. <laughs> and when you hear this live, yeah, it's like, it's like an orchestra. Oh man, I remember hearing that song live. But it's like an orchestra because it's like everything is coming, like it's like pieces of the puzzles. Yeah, all being put together, and then it just fucking explodes. So, okay, computer to me is the album I would recommend somebody for your first listen okay. to Radiohead. To be also fair, I only give this album a 9 on 10 <laughs> and not a 10. Um, uh, a lot of people would say, like, this is a perfect 10, and I totally see that. If I'm being completely honest, because I, I don't, I know the album well enough to not care about having to say this, I think we named a couple of songs here that are really good and that really stand out when they're on the outside of the album as well. You can yeah. hear those songs live. You could throw them on a mix. You could, you know. But OK Computer has tracks that, if you ask me, are boring. Being honest. But I got to say something about that. For me, I can't go listen to songs on this by themselves. Maybe That's live. Yeah. Maybe live because of the way they do their show live. Yeah. It's like one song into another. Yeah. But as an album and 
I'm happy you said the boring thing. Yes, there is some boring songs on this, but when you listen to it as a complete body of work, again, it's like a climax. So yeah, the songs that are you find boring, quote unquote, fit perfectly with the rest of the album. I want to I want to mention the little the little things that I don't love about it. Subterranean Homesickle Alien to me is a song that doesn't need to be there. The fitter one. Fitter happier is a skit, but I mean I didn't expect that though. It it's off-putting. It's not I mean it it really doesn't need to be there. Yeah, it's cool, I guess. I don't love the song Electioneering. I think it's all right. I mean, of the ones that I'm mentioning, it's probably the better one. Mm-hmm. And really honestly, I think The Tourist is a terrible closer to really? an incredible album. How come? An album like OK Computer, I don't want to make this comparison, but when you listen to albums that have OK Computer level impact, like fucking, I'm talking like Purple Rain, I'm talking Dark Side of the Moon, fucking big albums, 10 on 10s to the general public. When Purple Rain closes, Purple Rain... That's the climax. You walk away from that album feeling like you need to play it again. Brain Damage into Eclipse makes you want to hear Dark Side of the Moon again, start it over over again. I find when the tourist ends, I could walk away from OK Computer for the day. I get what you're saying. I find it, it's, it's a good way to be like, this is what OK Computer is. Huh. What's next? How the fuck? How? Imagine if Karma Police was the closer. I'm happy it's not because it fits well in the it album. It fits well. You're absolutely right. But that climax. Yeah. For a minute, just fucking carrying you off. Do you not think? Sending you off. Do you not think Radiohead did it on purpose? Well, I think they put together the album in a way that they thought flowed best. So you got to trust their judgment yeah. on that. But I do think that there are songs on the album here and there, like maybe a Karma Police, that could have closed the album, making you want to hear it again. Mm-hmm. Oh, but okay, I get what you're saying about walking away from, from OK That's Computer. It. it actually made me go back to it again. The Tourist. No, the like re-listen to the album. Okay. Because I enjoyed the album so much. So what do you give it on ten? I gave it a nine. I'm gonna go ahead and give it an eight. But again. I'm giving these scores That's fine. based on, you know, I like, I like what I listen to. I like what I hear and I'm giving it an eight. Sorry. <laughs> don't, don't be sorry. I mean, if West Side Gun was on it, we'd have a higher score. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Um, okay. So that, okay. So Radiohead go on this big tour for, uh, it's called the Against Demons tour. They play Glastonbury Festival in 97. Um, there were a lot of technical problems, it seems, on this tour that almost wanted made Tom York want to fuck the touring. We're not doing this anymore. Um, they go back into making their next record, okay? This is a pivotal moment in Radiohead catalog. You've had Pablo Honey. That was, like we said, shows glimpses of Radiohead to come, but has a lot of that Britpop original sound, let's say. The bends, where they perfect that alt-rock slash Britpop again. That worked very well. And then they transitioned into OK Computer. Big step up. Yeah. We were talking and I said, on I forget which episode it was. I think it was on our free-flowing one. What was a band that you always feel has, always gets like too much love or has, I, fuck, I forget what the question was. But I said, I find that in Radiohead's catalog, I always think there's more music than there actually is. 
Yes, you know for sure. I, I agree with you. I always think that between OK Computer and Kid A, there's an album missing. And I say that because Kid A is, there's like hardly any guitars on it. The transition is huge. Mm-hmm. Kid A turns 20 today. 2000, it came out. In the year 2000, yeah, October 2nd, 2000. Massive, massive album, but divided the fan base. Three years. Yeah. After. From OK Computer to exactly. Kid A. And, li- and, and I want to add something before I forget. Look at what was coming out in 1997 of music. What? Like all those bands that were coming. Nothing was sounding like Radiohead. No. You wait three years and you come out with They were slowly starting to influence, though. Yes. Because of, the, ma- of the, 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 the magnitude of OK Computer, for sure. Um, the interesting thing that transitioned, I guess, from OK Computer to Kid A versus Pablo Honey to the Benz to OK Computer is now you release this classic, this album that shook the world. Mm-hmm. So there's no pressure now on what you're going to do next. EMI thinks you could release another one of these. Hmm. And they're happy. Because whatever you put out next, people are going to eat it up. So when Kid A comes out... Or you're going to fail. Or you're going to... Well, that's it. Not, maybe not on the release. You have to remember, these are different times. Eh? Mm-hmm. You're not hearing the album unless you go get it. So you're selling copies based off OK Computer's success. It's not the same as the way it is now. That's I crazy. I don't know for sure. Crazy. So... Again, tensions were high recording this. York, Tom York said he was having a hard time writing these, this particular album, Kid A. Um, it, it forced him to be more abstract in writing this, this album. So, I mean, as you know, listening to Kid A, there's no fucking guitars. It's all electronic, ticks and talks. And it's crazy how it starts off yeah. and then jumps into the Kid A song, the self-titled song. Yeah, incredible. You don't expect that. If you're hearing that for the first time after being a fan of OK Computer, yeah, and you hear everything in its right place, that's, you're kind of like, oh, okay, cool intro, like because I love that. Let's song. go back to let's 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 hear what's next. I love that song. Everything in its right place is. I incredible. love that song. But Kid A is also a fucking incredible song. Yeah. But back then, when you hear that after everything in its right place, I could imagine hearing the album for the first time, and you're kind of like, hmm. hmm, where's Radiohead? But that but that's what it is. Is when I listen to it, yeah. And I listened to this in my in my ears. Yeah. I was just like, am I listening to the same album? I had for completely forgotten what they'd done with an album like this, like the, the different sounds to it. Yeah. And I was kind of like in, a, in limbo of like, oh, fuck. Am I going to like what's after? Uh-huh. Because look at how it starts and look at where it takes you after. There's no fucking guitars. There's there's one tron- there's optimistic that has guitars yeah, and there's um. It's funny I said in limbo. It was no pun intended. <laughs> but optimistic has guitars. That's the most guitar driven song on this album. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the transition. Yeah. Was crazy. And if you look at it, like Kid A is a great album, and you listen to it, and it's lay and and it's layered and textured, and there's a lot of things happening, but the song structure and the composition of the songs itself, very straightforward. That's the thing. That that I find is where Kid A, uh, Radiohead kind of get their genius from. There's not much going on once you remove those layers. It's very basic stuff. 
but that but that's when you review an album, when you listen yeah. to an album, and people say, because it's always between OK Computer and Kid A, or what's the best one? Which one do you like more? Yeah. That's that's the, that's the argument most of the time. Yeah, those okay? are usually the two that go back and forth as the band's best album. But when you when you put them both side by side and you listen to them one day after another, you just you said you just said it. There's nothing like it's not. Uh, it's not mind fuck. It's not fucking around with your head. It's just like it's super. Like what's that word you just used before? I forget. There's nothing complex. It's, it's pretty basic. Exactly. It's pretty basic. It's just well put together music. Yeah, it's built. It's music that's built. And the and the problem is, is that you want to try and find something in there where it's going to be like whoa. Mm. It was just the music. People overlook this. Uh, people not not overlook, but people um, overhype, overanalyze this album or, way too much. Kid A. Well, look at the album cover. It looks like you're going into another dimension. Yeah, but people have like 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 there are classes on this album and OK Computer as well. Really? University classes like that break this shit down. It's like fuck you. It's a, it's an album. See, it's I, just mute. It's like I understand there are why. Themes, though, yeah, I understand why there are themes on the albums. That people can go back and discuss again the OK Computer stuff, the paranoia, the you know. But at the end of it, you're thinking this is way more calculated than it is. Mm-hmm. It's an electronic music album. Why would you do it with Kid A? Break down like the fucking layers and the messages and this. But but you wouldn't do it with I don't know. Another a fucking I don't know who's an electronic artist. That, another that more complex one. album. This inspired though people. It did. And you it hear did, it in the sure. sounds. Again, in two thousand, was music sounding like this? Yeah. They won a Grammy for best alternative album. How do you call this music alternative? I don't get that fucking point. Alternative is like saying. And and you know what? If on this episode I sound stupid and ask stupid no, no, questions no. like that, it's because I'm just trying to understand like how is this alternative? alternative it doesn't sound alternative. The, rock. the term the term alternative is as literal as you take it. It's alternative to the mainstream. Okay. It's not pop. It's not rock. I mean, in many ways, it is rock, but it's not your classic rock or your fucking so indie is considered alternative of course 100 percent. indie okay the term indie we're getting off topic here but the term indie makes me crazy yeah i don't understand it either because it it, well no because it 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 has to do with who you're signed to but if you look at like indie rock indie rock in the 2000s most of these bands were already signed when they were doing Mm -hmm. so kid a is this fucking masterpiece of an album Full of layers, great songwriting again, but it's also not a double album, but a year later they release the second part to it, 2001, Amnesiac. Yep. These were all songs that were, oh wait, what do you give Kid A on 10? I give Kid A on 10, 7.5. Oh, okay. You're going to give it a 10? I'll give it a 10. Really? I'll give Kid A a 10, man. Fuck, I guess I'm deaf in between. But I'm also not going to fucking overlook it. I'm not going to overanalyze it. I don't, I, it's very not overlooked. I don't overanalyze Kid A. When I put it on, there's only one album that can do what Kid A does in the, in, in the history of music. And which is? I just find that no other album 
touches on like this kind of mix of electronic and alt-rock music, the layering, the structuring over such simple music this well. It inspires all the music that follows it, if you ask me, or at least like any, any, anybody trying to make what you just said, indie music to come. I Kid, didn't mean it in that way though. No, no, but I mean like Kid A is in many ways like a standard for, it, Kid A is a template for making a great album. An electronic rock album, I guess. Do you find this is more influential than OK Computer? <sighs> Maybe not. Because it's not for everyone. Oh, I could see that 110%. Radiohead is not for everyone either. That's true. There's a book, by the way. Yeah. Were you done with the, what you were yeah, saying? Yeah, I'm done, but talk about the book. Um, actually, my cousin Mark told me that it was coming out. He showed it to me on uh, from Pitchfork. Uh, this isn't happening. Radiohead's Kid A and the beginning of the 21st century. How crazy is it that it came out in 2000? Well, it was timed, right? Yeah. There's going to be noise around 20 years of this album. Yeah. So that was, a, but, but I'm curious to check it out because I don't know too much about what they talk about. I, I stayed away from. Yeah. I, I don't know either. I know that Mark's reading it right now and it has to do with the end of 1999 and just what they did with the sound and. All that stuff. So yeah, Kid A is a 10 for me. You said an 8.5? 7.5. 5. Okay, so yeah, Amnesiac, 2001. Songs that were recorded during the same sessions as Kid A. Okay. That they made an album with. So that electronic sound that you still hear lingers onto the Amnesiac stuff. But there are a bit more guitars uh, guitars on this. Mm -hmm. I might be wrong. Uh, for example, has guitar on it. Um, I'm fucking blank if I don't have the track list in front of me. But like songs like Pyramid Song, piano only. I'll just jump on that, but it's a but it's a piano driven song. Knives Out has guitars on it, so it was definitely a transition, or maybe a tr an attempt to kind of return to form. There was a song on this I really enjoyed, but I gotta say, you know when like from listening to OK Computer to Kid A to this one, yeah. I find that's where I was more like I stumbled. Well, it's I very clear that they're outtakes. And I didn't enjoy it. So I always feel like Amnesiac, I know it's a studio album and it's considered a studio album. I always find that Amnesiac, to me, it could have just been like an, a, 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 a super deluxe version of Kid A. Okay. Add these songs and, and let's get a fucking deluxe version to the fans. But I mean, it's cool that they released it as an album. I like the... The, it's the third song on it. Polk, Pull Revolving Doors. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That song I fucking enjoyed. I like the first song, Pack Like Sardines. That one too. I like Knives Out and I like Pyramid Song. It's incredible. Was it I dollars love and I Might cents? Be Wrong. I don't know why I love I Might Be Wrong. Was it Dollars and Cents? What's the closing track? Uh, Life in a Glass House. Yeah, that's interesting too with the horns. Yes. F funny like the, song. It okay. doesn't fit in the radio. Here. Here, let me tell you it this way. There's some really good songs on this, but as yeah. an album whole, it's very difficult to listen to after you listen to Kitty. And that's it. I think it's very apparent that these are outtakes and don't need to be put on an album. Well, how, what, how was the, the success? Were people freaking out when this came For out? For Amnesiac? Yeah. Well, they made it very clear that Amnesiac is not a collection of B-sides or outtakes. Okay. Although they were recorded during the Kid A sessions, they were kept to the side to make a, sep a second album. Because it's a different album. Yeah. Completely. 
It topped UK charts. Um, of course it did. It still did quite well. It got nominated for Grammys and, and Mercury Music Prizes, but it didn't, uh, like in terms of like, I'd say the fan base, mm-hmm. Amnesiac is not a favorite. Okay. Um, they, the, the, the singles were not even that much of a hit, to be fair, in, in the Knives Out and Pyramid Song. Very average singles. They released a, a live EP though, called "I Might Be Wrong." It's a live. I think, from what I understand, it ca- it's 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 not a full show. It's recordings here and there from performances of the Kid A and Amnesiac tour, and it's strictly Kid A and Amnesiac songs. And the closing song, "True Love Waits," is an acoustic song. We're going to talk about that song later. Okay. Uh, that's it, I guess, for Kid A and Amnesiac. What's your score for Amnesiac? Six. Six for Amnesiac? Yeah, I'm, I'm fucking horrible. I'm sorry I'm rating this shit like... No, I give Amnesiac a seven. I don't think okay. it's terrible, but it's it's It has it's good songs on it. Yeah. But again, you can't... like when a, when a band transitions like that, it's fucking very difficult to, to be on board right after. You're absolutely right. Because the way I did this was... I Kid A, I listened to it a lot more than all the other albums. And I was just like... Kind of stumbled where it was like a bigger transition... I didn't. I, I didn't understand, an, and that's why I keep saying between OK Computer and Kid A, I always feel like something's missing. When you look at Radiohead's catalog and everyone praises it to this point, it's like there's no. All their all their big albums are so different from the other. Mm-hmm. You don't get two OK Computers where you could say, okay, I see where they cemented their legacy. You get OK Computer and you get Kid A, which is fucking completely left field, right? Yeah. Next album. What year? Uh, released in 2003 is Hail to the Thief. And this is crazy because I remember this album like yesterday, watching the video of the him running in the woods with yeah. the trees. Was that the There There video or the Go to Sleep video? I forget. Uh, but yes, this video was everywhere, the one you're saying. I think it was everywhere. There, there. And I remember being at my cousin's house and it would be always on the fucking TV. And I remember him playing this album in the car all the time. This album... Hail to the Teeth. This album, the theme on this album was very much revolved around... At that time, a lot of bands had been doing this. Pearl Jam did it too for a riot act. This was very much about the U.S.'s current state during the George W. Bush elections. Well, you see it on the cover? Yeah. Yeah. So, and it was kind of different for Radiohead to do something like that, right? Well, especially, I mean, especially not being a U.S. band... Yeah. It Great. was kind of like giving their opinion on something that's happening at a distance. Um, very easy listening, I find. It's very easy listening. Very fun album as I, well. I, okay, go off on this album, and I'm going to say something after. Okay, well, I'm not going to be able to go off completely, but like the, the listening was super easy. Each song blended into each song. Um, I, again, there's guitar. Like, you get back more guitar. It's more fun. What you just said, yeah. Like a lot of things are happening in this album, but it, it it's well put together. And a lot of the songs, like it's not that they sound the same, but it's like the flow of it is just so like, please try and help me with what I'm trying to say, but like uh, energetic. Like you get that energetic side of Radiohead. You said a keyword. What's the keyword? You said guitar. Yes. Well, that's probably why. Hail to the Thief, if you ask me, is a great album. Unfortunately, it's never in my top Radiohead albums. 
That's weird. Great album. Fucking amazing album, but never in my top. I think Hail to the Thief is as important as it is because it's the return to being a guitar band. That doesn't say much, fine. But there are still electronic elements on, on yes. Hail to the Thief. Yes. But it's their first album as current Radiohead. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. When Radiohead releases some, this, this is what we expect. This is now the music that we expect from Radiohead when they release something. It's cleaner. That's it. Yeah. Hail to the Thief set up the sound of Radiohead to this day. Yeah. I find that they had to get Kid A out of the way. Yeah. The OK Computer out of the way. And then they came out with that whatever. I'm, uh, I'm, can't even pronounce it. I'm, I'm what's it called? Fucking sound like an idiot. I'm, amnesiac. Yeah, amnesiac. Sorry, I'm fucking horrible. But Hail to the Teeth like, was just like, this is who we are. This is our sound. It sounds super well. And you kind of forget about what was in the past. Would you say it this blends is, in so well. It's so much like... Would you say this album is very similar to OK Computer in a way sonically? Yes. It's their closest I album I to OK I wanted to computer. say it was like... It's like kind of like an OK Computer, but I don't yeah. want to sound like I have no idea what I'm talking about. Interesting, but, to, in, interesting you would say that. This was a session that was recorded in the matter of two weeks. Oh, really? And again, the band felt back to their relaxed form as they were on OK Computer, unlike mm-hmm. Kid A and Amnesiac. I find it dark, though. Is it me? It's the themes, I think. Okay, cool. I think it's those political themes that just kind of wash over it. It's, it's a dark, dark album for sure, but it but it bangs in some ways. Yeah. I know what you mean because there are heavy songs on mm-hmm. it. I I think I think Hail to the Thief is an amazing album. Some of my favorite songs are on this album. Wolf at the Door, There There is I a like fucking class. But like I just find that there are other I mean, it's not it's not it's, it's not one of my favorite albums of theirs because how of how good the others are, right? Yeah, but like, look at the way the album starts. Two plus two equals five. Fucking incredible. Sit down, stand up. <sighs> Sail to the moon. Yes. Jesus, Murphy. If you want a funny story about... Sarah, Where I end and you begin. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The baseline on that. Insane. I want to say... Just a punch a, up at the wedding. Punch up at the wedding. is crazy. I love that. A punch up at the wedding one. Yeah. I went and you're like, what's the name of this song? And you go back and you're like, fuck. <laughs> this was fucking a good song. Once. I really enjoyed this. I wish I could play the fucking music because yeah, I just so they could hear what I like. But this was fucking good, man. And I I, me- I don't have anything else to say on it besides I remember that. there was a there had to have been I don't know if my cousin had a t shirt with the album cover on it or some shit like that or a tree on an al- on the on on the on a t shirt, but I remember him playing this shit like crazy in the car. What's your score? Fuck, because I gave the other one an eight. I want to give this one an eight also, but then I, it's your score. It's an eight. It's, it's an eight. A, for it, me too. It's an eight. Hail to the Thief's an eight. Yeah. Um. Sriva next. No, not yet actually, because after Hail to the Thief, the band goes on hiatus. What does that mean? They decide no more Radiohead for a little while. They call it a day for a while. Two thousand three. Okay. Yeah, they all go doing their family stuff. They go off to doing their own projects. Johnny Greenwood does soundtracks for uh, There Will Be Blood. It was pretty much his massive soundtrack, Paul Thomas Anderson movie. Um, and Tom York releases The Eraser in 2006. His solo, his first solo album, mainly electronic music. Are you surprised? 
No, not surprised. I, I'm, I, just the sound of what Tom York does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a fine album. People, uh, I'd say people overrate it, but okay. What do you give it on 10? The Eraser? Yeah. Back then, probably a nine. Today, probably a six. Whoa. I'm being honest. It's it's There are great parts to this album, but The Eraser is not an essential. Okay. It's not because, and, and again, everything is calculated. No, it's not because you're part of Radiohead that you could release. But Tom York comes out with something people are going to over fucking... Not necessarily. No? His solo career was not as successful as it should have been. I never listened. I maybe listened to a couple of stuff he's done, which I'm looking at your CD collection and the you book. May, you probably heard Eraser. Yeah. You probably heard parts of Eraser. His new album, Animo, is a lot better. Okay. All right. So, Hail to the Thief ends their contract with EMI. They're done. They leave. EMI is done. Um... For I mean, after leaving MI, they were the most popular unsigned band in the world for sure. <laughs> um, free agents, free agents. They start working on the seventh album in 05. They hired uh, a new producer for this album, it didn't work out, so they brought back Nigel Godrich. Um, you gotta be fucking smart, intelligent, and on point to produce with these guys if they kick you out and bring back the old one. Yeah. Yeah. 2003, 2007, that's a lot of years. So in 2007, they finish recording the album, they master it. Two years. It takes long to make, a, uh, to make an album. A Radiohead album. No, an album in general. Remember this, the, in, in Rainbows also has a bonus disc. Of stuff you could go here. There's almost two albums worth of content. I didn't hear the second one. Did I have to? There's really good songs in it, but it's very clear why they're not on the album. Okay, cool. So then it's I'm not, not a go body that you it. need to hear. But it's it's good. It's a cool. Maybe uh, one day I'll listen to it with you in the car or something. But no. Yeah. So October 2007 in Rainbows mm-hmm. surprise releases. Mm-hmm. I remember that day. Pay what you want. Don't pay. We don't care. This is our new album. We want to get this out to you. We weren't working together yet, right? We were not working together yet, no. No. Um, it was a major, major event in the music industry. Your biggest rock band, still able to sell copies of their physical albums, just decided, take it. They weren't the first to do it. Wilco did it with Yankee. Another massive indie hit. I keep saying indie, but it was unsigned at the time, so yeah. In Rainbows was an even bigger deal because now it's like the biggest rock band in the world is giving their album out for free. Bands did it later, but in 07, this was a fucking massive deal. So this opens the door to new fans, to people who didn't care for your old music. It's giving everyone a new try at Radiohead. I think this is a big reason as to why they're who they are. Giving out in rainbows for free. And this is where I have to jump in and say something? If you have something to say. I think, I know for myself, that the way they put this music together and the way they spent their time on this music is probably their best piece of art. I'm going to go and say that. You guys could, people could shit on me for saying that. People could say you don't know anything about Radiohead. You should go back to listen to rap music. This was done super well. I find that's all of Radiohead sounds into one. Uh, again, 
not an easier listen to, but like there's more to it. You find you you discover more things that it's it's more catchy. Uh, there's a lot more things going on. I find like again guitars. Yeah. Um, I find his voice is more like not jumpy. Like it's more like there has it's more melodic, but to a way where it's he he fluctuates with the pitches in his voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else the fuck can I say about this? The opening song is just amazing. Amazing. One of those weird time signatures people like to break down. Then Body Snatchers after that. Another, yeah, f- yeah. Body Snatchers like, great. If you look at the Nude. if you look at the track list of this thing, and is it one of their longest albums? Because their no. albums go between No, it's one of their shortest, if anything. Real no, their shortest is King of Limbs. Yeah, yeah, but it's one of their shortest. Forty two minutes. Yeah. Like Every song on this is just amazing, amazing. This to me, I I I often think this is my favorite Radiohead album. House of Cards, Jigsaw yeah. falling into place, videotape like Another Reckoner, one the weird, yeah. Like this is all great. Yeah. A lot of people might say it's their not poppiest, but easiest album. That's a very thing. That's and and that's something I like that you say because that allowed them probably to release this for free. Their ability to realize like this is our most accessible stuff yet. And they probably got a lot more fans because of this. I'll be honest. This is where I fell in love with them. I knew of them. I knew their music was great. I knew that it was stuff I should have liked. But in Rainbows is where I was like, holy fuck. But do you find that they? It's like when an album like. They've reached the peak in their career. Yeah. Right? They've reached it where? Kid A? I mean, no, I would say right in right at OK Computer Kid A. Okay. Like those two albums, it's like the pinnacle of yeah. fucking Radiohead. Yeah. They're, they're 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 huge. This is different. People can't make music like this. They're the the biggest influence for that sound and what's the sound to come. But to be able to do it again and have that sound. To me, is amazing, and when a band could reinvent itself, but not totally reinvent themselves to where it's just a, not a different sound, but like a totally different like way of making their music, way of putting out their music, integrating so much more. Like I, I feel you, they feel more alive on this album. They do, and I, it's just super well done. And I find it's all Radiohead in like a box, and you shake the box, and this is what comes out of it. This album got criticism too. Their peers were upset. People like Kim Gordon of Sonic Youth was very upset with this release. Why? Because he was depressed? No, because she felt that this was a way of them saying, we don't need the record label. We don't need to make money off this. Here's our music. And in doing that, they set up a standard Four bands that were also on independent labels. It, it forced people to rethink how they release music, if you think of it. Well, that's fine. It's fine, but it's also... How can I say it? When the recipe works... Take a band like Sonic Youth, for example. Mm-hmm. Sonic Youth is a big deal. Sonic Youth have influenced so many people. Bigger than they, they look, for sure. For sure. Sonic Youth, as we said, are the reason for Nirvana are the reason for mm-hmm. fucking grunge music, are the reason for... Daydream Nation is as influential 
if not more, because it probably influenced OK Computer. Right? Mm-hmm. And Sonic Youth doesn't sell albums anymore. Right? Maybe on vinyl. I mean, there are... Okay, so there's ways you could get these albums, but... They've... How can I say it? I think Sonic Youth has the best name in, of bands, by the way. It's a great band name, yeah. But it just... It, 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 less successful acts struggle when you do this. Because if Radiohead could afford to give you your album for free... Why shouldn't all these less successful guys do it? Yeah, so they basically fucked everybody. Yeah, okay, I get in a, it. In a way. <laughs> in a way. But they get signed eventually. The album comes out physically two months later through XL. Um, Did she pack? Yeah. <laughs> the XL releases it in the UK. TBD Records releases it in North America. How long did it take you to pick a book? And how many times did you change it? I didn't. I no? picked it up. It's fucking. It it it's. I like the way they put it together. Like the. It's so different with the. You gotta open it from. So the packaging was like you could build your own yeah. cover art, right? Yeah. But the cover art is so iconic as it is. I don't want to fucking make my own cover. It's fucking. This album is like. What did I tell you? I I said this in a text. I think this is one of my favorite rock albums ever. In Rainbows is an insane. In In Rainbows, man, sums up the twenty the two thousands for me. Those late two thousands, like college days, in terms of rock music, and I don't you know, know like some of these rock. songs, like, like songs like "Nude." It's their first time recording it, but it was a song that they they had like, they had tested and tried versions of it during OK Computer. Really, it's, there are songs on this that come back from like old performances. Seriously, a lot of these songs are recycled from like way back. Maybe that's why I like it so much. There's a lot of fuzz on this album. There's fuzz on Body Snatchers. There's fuzz on the first song. At the end, you hear the... Oh, you're talking about like static, white it, noise type of shit. Yeah. What fuzz do you think? Fuzz to me is like the opening riff on, on OK. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. That, well, I kind of... To me, it's fucking all... It's all, it's all fucking fuzz anyway. Um, super well done album. Yeah, I don't know. It's one of my favorite rock albums. Yeah, and Rebels is nuts. I enjoyed it. I I've, I enjoyed it since it came out because I remember being there for when it came out, and when we would play it at work. It helps, yeah. And it was massive, like in right in our period of us getting into music, right? Yeah. So of course it kind of. What think do you give great. it on ten? Nine. Nine. Cool. Next album. You're gonna ask me. Oh fuck yeah! What's your what do you give it on? I'll give it a ten. Good for you. There's nothing I'll skip off this album. It's perfect always. And Rainbows is insane. 42 minutes, 10 songs. Fucking great. All good songs. All good songs. I saw them tour this, uh, this album too. It was my first time seeing them. Was that at uh, Oshaga? No. No, it was, uh, it was at the park where they do it. But it was their own gig. A couple of days after. Grizzly Bear opened. Oh, wow. It was nice. They played the whole album. I didn't know Grizzly Bear. That was my discovery to them. Where did they play again? What's the park called? Oh, they played outside. Yeah. How's that? How was Radiohead uh, sound dude, there outside? There so many people. It was good. They're good, but it's there was so many people. I like sitting down listening to Radiohead. When I went yeah. to both their shows, everybody was standing up. I was fucking sitting down. Yeah, Radiohead's a good sit-down concert. By the way, did you ever put up that poster I got you? I didn't. Good. It's probably bent somewhere. Well, I could... Okay, so if you want to throw me under the bus like that, thank you for the poster. Thank yeah. you for the pin. I, I, I put the pin on my backpack. The poster... Is not standard frame size. 
Well, that's not my fault. That's their fault. It's not, fault. but if you're going to call me out for why is it not hung up. Well, fuck, you don't have to put it in a frame. Just put it up somewhere. You have well, I don't want to wreck it. But also, I wasn't at the concert. It's a tease every time I see it. <laughs> I love no, how... No, but frankly, it's, I, look behind you. It's not that size. It's much bigger. Yeah, I know how big it is. I bought it for you. That must have been fun carrying that. Yeah, because me and Mark, Mark bought one also. Yeah. But he bought a different one. Uh-huh. And we were just carrying fucking... <laughs> it was fucking annoying. Did you, you know, have a tube? Or they just gave it to you? They just gave it to me. Ah, really? Did Usually just, when the concert... Po- like, I, I like when remember. I go to a show and I could get a concert poster and a tube. Fucking annoying because I had to... And you know the way you are when, with stuff and the way I am with stuff? Yeah, it's like you have to like hold it. Like I was holding it like I was holding a newborn baby. Yeah. That's how you should hold it. Like they should put in a fucking tube. We're getting really off topic, but... If you're selling concert posters at your show, you should be equipped. They have really nice merch, by the way. Radio has cool merch. Next album, and I'm going to ask you questions about this because I still don't get it. But the go. next album. Oh wait, there's a really great live performance you could see of in Rainbow's content live in the basement. If you could find that anywhere, it was released on uh, DVD and Blu-ray, but I think it's all like you could watch it all in full somewhere, maybe even on YouTube. But in Rainbow's live in the uh, Radiohead live in the basement for the in Rainbow's is fucking great they also do it for king of limbs that's the next song we're going to talk about digipack 2011 what's what's your obsession with digipack fuck i hate them uh king of limbs comes out in 2011 there was a newspaper that kind of hyped it up they did a bit more of the teasing busting chops to release this album that was a cool newspaper idea that they did it was they tried to kind of shock well not shock but they kind of tried to get people into the something's about to happen with Radiohead mood. Great like, album Like cover. when they did in Rainbows, really. Yeah, great album cover. Yeah, covers all right. Um, they up. didn't do, uh, they didn't promote with uh, social media or, or, or interviews or No, tours it was on their website. pretty much very... Low-key website. Yeah. Um, they started recording this album in 2009. They released a single way before this album came out, uh, Harry Patch in memory of. Um, Tom York actually went on to play some live stuff for his the, for the Eraser, okay. which was four years before. And he did Adams for Peace with Flea. Uh, Nigel Godrich is part of that band. That was in 2010, I think. Fuck, I remember. And then they release... The King of Limbs in February of 2011. Eight it's songs. Eight songs. It's also a download off their website. 37 minutes. This is where they introduce uh, Clive Deemer as a touring member of the band in 2011. Second drummer. I remember that day when it came out at work. So the physical took a little while to come out, right? Because yeah. originally it was just like that. They had done like a super newspaper edition through their website, right? Then we got the newspaper at work. Yeah, no, we got a newspaper. It wasn't the newspaper edition. There's a special. Then there's just a, a newspaper. Okay. And then there's just a regular version. I find this album is super well put together. A lot of people find it boring as fuck. A lot of people find it depressing as fuck. I enjoy this album. Not like I enjoyed the rest, but there's something about this album to me that I feed into. And whether it's the instruments, whether it's his voice again, 
whether it's just the way it sounds put together. It doesn't sound like in Rainbows. It it sounds is it me or is it just sounds more echoey, way darker. It's a it's to me, King of Limbs is a, is a, a bunch of loops. I could elaborate on that. There are four songs. Two of them that they performed at uh, King of Limbs Live from the Basement. This this series that I'm telling people to go watch, called the Daily Mail and the Staircase. Incredible songs that were later kind of an unofficial single, let's say. Maybe they're an official single, but mm-hmm. anyway, the Staircase and the Daily Mail. There's two other songs from a single: Super Collider and The Butcher. Okay. These four songs were songs from the from the King of Limbs sessions. They resemble Lotus Flower, the single, in a bit more of a stand-alone song kind of way. Like that song. But you realize how it doesn't fit with the rest of the album? Yeah, it's you more... You can tell that it's the Radiohead single. Yeah. These other four songs do that as well. And none of them are on the album. So you think that the album was going to be 12 songs? I think the album was very much the, the point of releasing this album was a stripped down version of loops that build. When you listen to these songs, they start somewhere. Yeah. And when they end, whatever was happening at the beginning is still happening, but layered. Besides the acoustic closer. But for the most part, that's the build of this album. But I find that there's build and there's like climax and stuff yeah. going on in each song. And that's why probably I like it. That's that's the point of this was to bring this I, I think was to bring this music to life on a tour okay because when we saw that tour everything was pretty much so the whole album is loops as we said right and I was watching this really interesting uh, video you know I'm a, I obsess over like guitar gear and pedals and shit like yeah there was a there was a uh, an episode where one of the one of the more popular pedal YouTube channels called that pedal show there's a guy on it Dan he builds pedal boards that go on tour for bands, with bands. He did Ed O'Brien's rig. He did one of their guitar players' pedal boards, designed it for him, closed it up nice so it's nice and neat. And he had Ed O'Brien on that episode telling you what he uses each pedal for. And he mentioned how he has a looper pedal because although a lot of the music is programmed on the King of Limbs, to him... Playing that album live requires the looper. He doesn't want to give you programmed music. So let's say you hear a guitar riff that gets looped and repeated and repeated and repeated. Rather than program it through a computer that's going to repeat it, he's going to do that live for you. So no two performances of those songs are going to be the same. Um. He wants to bring out that kind of spontaneous, like, the way we play Bloom tonight won't be the same tomorrow. And and that's a bit with every song they do. But even more so with the King of Limb songs. So that's why when we saw it live, there was more added to it. Exactly. It builds longer. They're, they're performed for longer times. They the, take a minute or two to set up. But because, song. okay, I got to play this riff. I'm going to repeat it. Hear how, hear how it processes. Somebody else is going to start building the song. Let's add the next loop. But that's fucking amazing. That's, that's cool. incredible. That, like, not a lot of people do that shit. You're right, but it doesn't translate on an album, and I think that's why the King of Limbs is not regarded as a very good album hmm. in their catalog. It was an idea. It was an experiment. 
but I find it stands alone in their catalog as kind of the outcast album. Fuck. Because maybe that's why I enjoy it so much. And, and you could hear how the length of the song is on the album. But then when you heard it live, it was like fucking super long. It's not like it dragged on, but they stretched yeah. it. And now I understand they why. And, and I never knew it. And, and now it's good that you explained it to me. Maybe that's why I like it as much as I do. Yeah. But, and now I understand why people don't like it as much. Because I, I always ask that question, what, what am I missing? What, what what is it that that I that makes you dislike it that I yeah, don't see? And I enjoy it. And I enjoy it. Is it in my top five Radiohead? No, but I enjoy it. It's a fine album. Yeah. I won't say it's trash. But it's something I'll rarely put on and I do feel like it's very unfinished. I like that I got to hear these songs before seeing the show. Because when they play songs like Bloom and Morning Mr. Magpie and Lotus Flower pretty much stays the same, but I say Bloom specifically when Johnny Greenwood's on drums rather than on guitar. And these building of loops and this building of loops. And I remember when we saw... I remember when we saw them live and they played Bloom. I forget if they opened with it or if it was the second song they played. I was like, Johnny Greenwood's on drums, Selway's on drums, and Deemer's on drums. But the drum beat I was hearing, I never heard on their album. But yeah, it sounded totally different. It did. And I was like, oh shit, the way Johnny's playing that that repetitive snare role is sounding different with the way they're synced up. Jesus, it must have been fucking confusing to do. But having heard Bloom live to me is like one of the nicest things ever now. And I could hear it on album and be like, it's one of the better songs on the album. Mm -hmm. But I don't have that feeling of when I heard it live. So... I really encourage people to, if you haven't heard the live from the basement for the King of Limbs, it'll change your opinion on this album. And you'll get the Daily Mail and Staircase, which are fucking incredible songs. That are not on. And they're probably the best songs from these sessions. And you don't have them as a, on your yeah. computer? How'd you get? Well, they were released after. Okay, so the live from the basement is very clean live recording. They're in a, they're in, they're in a rehearsal space. Okay. They're wired up. They're mic'd to the T. Like, so... If you hear the Daily Mail and Staircase, you wouldn't think they're live performances. They're fucking clean. Insane. People need to hear that this live from the basement, The King of Limbs. I'll go listen to it. It's inside. It's, it's, uh, it's fucking nuts. And, but they, don't, they didn't add them on the album. No, they didn't put these, these two songs on the album. Well, it could have been 10 yeah. songs, which is weird. It could have actually been 12 because the there's those other songs too. The I wonder why they did I guess maybe they, because they're maybe more polished songs, more classic Radiohead, they wanted to stick with the idea of loops. I guess that's what they cool did. Cool concept. Yeah. And that whole looping thing that I, that I found out about the pedal board was actually when he was setting up his pedal board for the, for the Moonshape Pool Tour. Huh. He explained how they were doing things. Whenever he does looping, it's always on the spot. Nothing's automated. That's nuts, man. On that's ten- performance. On 10? Uh, on 10, King of Limbs for me is uh, 6. Oh, fuck. Huh? I feel like a fucking idiot giving my score. Why? 7. <laughs> Why do you feel like an idiot? No, I'm not saying I don't know. I All enjoy right. it. There, uh, we're going to move on. Big thing, big deal happens in 2012 uh, when they were playing in Toronto. They lost a crew member when a stage collapsed. Scott Johnson was killed. I think he was part of the, he was a drum, drum tech or... 
It was a stage crew. Yeah. A tech. Yeah. There's a lot of um, back and forth with Live Nation and suing, going back and forth and trying to get justice for him. Yeah, you don't fuck with these people, huh? Um, But after the King of Limbs, they go on hiatus again. They disappear completely. It left people a bit like disappointed, so to speak. Um, And then they moved to XL. Officially, they signed to XL now. They had done that for the, uh, what's it called, release? The Rainbow's physical release, but now they're signed to XL. Well, what did the King of Limbs come out on? XL? King of Limbs... I'm not sure. I'm not sure what it came out on. I'd be full of shit to even say I knew, but I don't. I don't know. Yeah, it it, it has to be Excel. Maybe it was. Well, you could tell with the digipacks. But Excel is also indie, right? So they kind of could I pick guess. their. But now, I mean, they're signed to it. I don't know how it works. Whatever, fuck. Um, 2014, Tom York releases Tomorrow's Modern Boxes, which was not a big success. Uh, Johnny Greenwood does more soundtracks. And then in uh, 2014, end of 2014, 2015, they started re-recording a new album in Europe, in France, for the most part. Um, this is they, they started recording a Moonshape Pool. This was, in many ways, Tom York's breakup album. He separated from his wife, Rachel Owen. She died shortly after the album was finished. Um, They released Spectre, which was... They were in the contention to be the James Bond song. Spectre was a great song, but I think they went with Sam Smith on that because it was more for everybody, let's say. (laughs) Oh, because Radiohead is not for everybody. It's not for... Yeah, it's more a niche, let's say. And in 2016, in May, they released a Moonshape Pool on their website again, followed by retail a month later. The two singles that came out for this were uh, Burn the Witch and Daydreaming. Great songs. Yeah. Burn the Witch was an amazing song. Daydreaming is an amazing song, too. I find it sounds better on the album when you listen to the album. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Daydreaming was... uh, The the music video was directed by Paul Thomas Anderson, the guy who did... uh, He's done Boogie Nights, There Will Be Blood, Magnum, uh, fucking, what's it called? Where it rains the frogs at the end. Or it rains frogs? Magnolia? Could be. Anyways. um, Daydreaming video. We said we wouldn't talk about theories, but there are a lot of parts in the music video where um, Tom York visits places that we've seen in in old Radiohead music videos. That sparked speculation that a that a Moonshape Pool was their goodbye album, that this was it. So far, it's not proven wrong because they haven't put anything out. But that music video video sparked again theories. Radiohead's calling it quits. What year is this? It was uh 2016. Okay. Yeah. Four years. When the track listing came out, they put out the track listing completely in alphabetical order. <laughs> so people were trying to decrypt like. Which song comes first? Which song? It became a whole thing when in reality that was just a track listing. Bang, A to Z. People in, always gotta fucking try and find something and yeah, just of, fucking listen to the music for Christ's sake. Yeah. Um, to me, 
I don't think I don't think Amunchi Pool I have much to say about it. Me neither. That's that's the problem is that it's just an enjoyable album. I think it's I think this album is very underrated. And it why? Because like that daydreaming music video where everyone says he's revisiting We're gonna watch it after I never watched it. Yeah, sure. He's revisiting places that we've seen in past Radiohead music videos. The over the overall sound of a Moonshape Pool is their way to sound. It's a very consistent and fluid album, but it touches on sounds from their whole catalog. It's one of their longest albums too. It is a lot. It is a bit of a longer album. And the last song on the album, "True Love Waits," the acoustic song we got from the "I Might Be Wrong" EP, Kid A and Amnesiac Live songs, finally released. We, we know they do this because they go back and they take on songs. Like we said, Nude was a song from OK Computer. Mm-hmm. But now they took True Love Waits, which was a fan favorite, a song that he played acoustic on a live EP, and closed this album with it. So even more speculation. What are they trying to say? What are they trying to, you know? But you never said anything. They never said that they're... No, but that's the whole thing with Radiohead is it's cryptic, right? I, you have a, to decode it. People want to people want to search for meanings that aren't there. And there's one song on this that I love. Which? And I, I text you with every time I hear it. Dex Dark. Yeah, yeah, Dex Dark is insane. Don't you find that brings you to like, and if I'm wrong, I'm sorry, but like very like older Radiohead sound? Like I find this could fix Dex Dark. I could find this could fit on like a okay computer. The thing about the songs on a Moonshape Pool is they could very much fit a bit everywhere. And I find that his voice on that is just, again, what I like. It's like that. It's fucking eerie. There you go. Dex yeah. Dark is super dark is, yeah. eerie, dark. It's like he what he does with his voice on it, he extends his words. He He's humming moaning i don't know what the fuck he's doing but it's super well done and like i find his voice with just again it's a climax song right yeah most of the songs on this album are daydreaming in many ways is when you lead up to that that string section that kind of sound that warped string section yeah at the end of the song burn the witch man burn the witch is is build up at its finest Mm -hmm. it's just a song that's consistently building up and Right when you can reach a climax, it ends. That's fucking great songwriting. He, did, he but that's this album is very good songwriting. I think a Moonshape Pool is some of their best songwriting. And and again, the layering, there's the looping again that comes back from King of Limbs. But there's songs like you say that could fit on maybe a, a, a um, an In Rainbows, an OK Computer. Maybe a bit less on the Kid A and and Amnesiac side. But even on the on the on the amnesiac side, daydreaming, piano, mm-hmm. piano ballad, pyramid song, piano ballad. A lot of this draws inspiration from their entire catalog. I saw them live for this tour, I think. Yeah, this is the one you saw. Yeah, yeah I that, saw the I saw this too, but the Oshaga show. Yeah, I saw them with Mark at Bell yeah. Center. Yeah, this was a great fucking show. I like this show more than the King of Limps. Yeah, no, this tour was great because fucking. Like you got the full Radiohead yep. effect, the just the the way they were doing their songs, they were way cleaner, way more like. I think what they did with every song, like they blended each song into the next. 
super fun. I I like this album. Yeah. What do you give this on ten? I have nothing uh, else to say. I'm fucking the worst with the ranking, but I like it's seven, seven point five. That's fine. I'll give it a nine. It's very underrated. A Moonshi Pool, yeah, it doesn't get. I don't think enough love. It's the one I listen to, like of their catalog. Yeah. The one I need to get more familiar with, I find. Yeah, I see why you say that for sure. It's newer. It's not an album where people always talk about. Also. But I find that's where you say it's underrated and you're super right about it. Because this could be one of their best pieces of work. A Moonshee Pool, I find... At the time where it comes out now, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and like I said, that it kind of highlights the, 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 the big points and the big sounds of their career. I think it's definitely an album that maybe... And, and you know what? The thing is, it also takes time for albums to become mm-hmm. classic. So I think... 10 years down the line, a Moonshee Pool will go down as one of their better albums. And maybe 10 years down the line, they wouldn't have put out another album. Because who knows if this is their farewell. Uh, we said we'd rank the nine albums. Yes. Uh, fuck. You I'm know not. what? I'll go first. Oh, okay. Thank you. Oh, you want to go first? No, no. I want you to go first. I was hoping you would I'm going to go, go first because I don't think uh, my, my ranking is much of a surprise. And if you follow my scores, it makes sense. Yeah, I'm not good with the scores. I gave a lot of things seven, no? That's fine. Number nine, of the nine studio albums, here's my ranking. Number nine, King of Limbs. Number eight, Pablo Honey. Number seven, Amnesiac. And everything going forward is incredible. Number six, Hail to the Thief. Now my top five is number five, The Benz. Four, Amunche Pool. Three, if you followed my scores, OK Computer. Two, Kid A. And one in Rainbows. Okay. Okay. And in Rainbows and Kid A, I think has a lot to do with when you hear them. Like OK Computer as well. If you were if you were discovering music in the 90s, if you were discovering music in the 2000s, in Rainbows being a 2009 album where I was deep into music, I it resonated with me more, I guess. My turn. Yeah. The Pablo Honey, number nine. Amnesiac. Number eight, King of Limbs, seven, seven. Moonshape Pool. Number five is The Benz. So number six, Moonshape Pool, number five, The Benz. Yep. Then I'm going to go with, fuck, I really like this album. Num- uh, Hail to the Teeth. That's a great, that's a perfectly fine album to have in your top five. What, what number am I at? Three, two, one. Kid A, three. Okay, computer two, in rainbows one. Right. I, sorry, I mixed up Moonshape Pool and the Benz, but when I, I, I when I when I go back, Benz is higher for me. Is it higher or lower? Higher, five and six. And it's higher. It's higher for me because I just I like that album a lot. It was it kind of transitioned me from Pablo yeah, Honey. Fair. Again, I don't know anything of anything, but anyways, I love I love those top five are great. Hell to the Teeth is great. Uh, In Rainbows again, so amazing. One of my favorite rock albums for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, OK Computer, Kid A. Can't deny those are no classics. Again, but it was super fun listening to the, all these albums, and you could tell which ones stand out more. But you need to go revisit these albums. When do you see yourself going back to the Radiohead catalog? The the thing is, is now that I really enjoyed. In Rainbows again, 
I will go back to. Oh, very cool. I've been fucking singing the fucking first song. <laughs> um, I will go back to OK Computer again as well. Yeah, cool. More often. I'm glad you. Uh... I found myself liking what they do. The thing is, is that there's some like they don't do what other people do. It's fun. They're like there's something about them that I've always liked. Whether it's his voice, whether it's the eerie type of sound that they do, the melodic, with how they change. I, again, I love people that change up in their in their albums, right? Yeah. Consistency. You know. Uh, they do different. They do different sounds, different instruments. Just a loop thing on King of Limbs. That's fucking cool. I had no idea. No wonder it sounds super different to me. Yeah, you learn things from bands like this. They're important in in the culture of music. And I've always liked Radiohead. You've always said yeah that you thought. I think they're brilliant with what they do in music. Yeah. Uh, Mark, who got me into Radiohead, uh, gave me his top five. Okay, go. Starting with number five, uh, a moonshape pool. Uh, four, hail to the thief. Yeah. Three, in rainbows. Yeah. Two, kid A, and one OK computer. So the Benz is on the outside for him. Is on six, I guess, or seven. Somewhere there. Um, Mark would have been a great guest for this. Yes. Another great guest for this episode would have been Gabu. Yes. Gabu ranked his albums. Number nine, Amnesiac. Eight, King of Limbs. Seven, Hail to the Thief. Six, Pablo Honey. That's really high, but he's been very vocal about how good that album is. Five, The Benz. Four, OK Computer. Okay. Three, A Moonshape Pool. Two, Kid A, One in Rainbows. Really? Yeah. Mark and said, a lot of people sent their favorites as well. Yes, I have those here. But Mark said that there was, and it sticks to me, is OK Computer came out at a time where nothing was sounding like that. It yeah, changed the whole. I totally aspect. And for sure. And Kid A did that again. Yeah, and In Rainbows did that again. So any of those albums are valid to me as your favorite Radiohead album. Whichever album you were experiencing in your, let's say, prime getting into music. So, just what what did people say? Don't go person by person. But what's the general favorite over here? General favorite is In Rainbows. I think that fits with our age group. Somebody put the Benz. Great. Uh, Kid A. Kid A, of course. Nobody put... Mm, yeah. In Rainbows, In Rainbows. Uh, there's nothing else. Those are pretty much the... I guess the favorites, yeah. In Rainbows is so great. Yeah. I think In Rainbows, uh, for me, is the one that... Getting into music, it was just right in that period of time. It came at the right time. It's for sure my number one. This was fun. Listening to Radiohead was so fun. You're fucking... Well, <laughs> it depends outside. If you look outside and it's fucking dark, it's, uh, it's very depressing. It's rare that, we, that somebody describes listening to Radiohead as fun. But I think well, I, my favorite thing was having you do this. Well, fuck music. It's music. It's supposed to be fun. You don't want to fucking... You want to have a vibe to the music. You want to enjoy it. It's very seasonal. Radiohead's seasonal? Yeah. You're not going to listen to this in the winter, number one. No? No, because it might go really bad after the albums. <laughs> okay? Uh, number two... 
I don't want to listen to Radiohead in the summer for some reason. It doesn't feel... And Rainbows to me is a summer album. That is the most summer sounding yeah. album. That's why, again, it's more listenable. It's more out there. It's more, you know... Yeah. Summer night. Yes. Not summer in the daytime when no. it's blazing hot. As the sun goes down, you start 15 step and you let yeah. the... Exactly. But it's for, for this weather, it's amazing. September, October. Okay, I think we're out of shit to say. Uh, Wear your masks Behave yourselves We gotta put ourselves on pause As we said Sorry But uh, There's a lot of new music coming out Yeah we're gonna touch base on that When we get back on uh, October 30th With the Outcast episode Outcast is gonna be the same idea Yeah I'm fucking excited for that one That's gonna be fun That might be a 6 hour episode 28 days to go through Outcast Properly I'll probably do I might listen to Outcast From now Till when we record I'm a fucking liar. West Side Gun's coming out with an album. I'm definitely not listening to Outcast. But I'm excited to do Outcast. Yes. Same idea. We're going to go through the catalog and we're going to give you our five at the end or rank their catalog at the rank end. Rank their catalog. Uh, thank you guys for sticking with us. Thank you guys for listening. I'm sorry this shit is happening again. Just wear a mask. Don't be stupid. Yeah. And be safe and take care of yourselves. And uh, we'll see each other in a couple of uh, weeks. Yeah. If you're uh, If you're somebody who's not afraid of getting ill do it for the people that won't make it through this i might do a live video on instagram all by myself and just rant on whatever you do don't hurt the brand (laughs) i'll try not to all right let's uh let's get you out of here take care